Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, we're excited to uh, have a very special guest, uh, Kathy. Uh, Phil Hodges uh, lives in um, California. Where, where exactly do you live, Phil? In Rancho Palos Verdes, California. Rancho nine miles, yeah, It's nine miles south of the L.A. airport. Right. Uh, oh, wow. Well, it's very nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. And you're, and you're up. Um, isn't Palos Verdes kind of hilly? Yeah, we're on top of a, a, a hill, and I get to see the ocean from uh, our back window. Yeah. Oh, cool. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and then they used to have a, uh, uh, right there, they had some kind of a uh, uh, a sea, a sea, a world type of thing where you guys had, uh, I know yeah. it's not there anymore, but what was, what used to be there? Marine land. Marine land, yeah. Yeah, I've been to Marine Land, and uh, I bet you can probably, you used to be able to get good, just drive down the street and see it, right? <laughs> I do. Now yeah. it's a big hotel called Terranea, and it's a lovely destination point down there. Ah, nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, Phil is a, uh, a partner cohort of Ken Blanchard, uh, and uh, through our uh, time with, you know, discipling Ken, and then uh, he said there's some other, other guys around him that uh, said they'd like to join us, so they have, and uh, Phil's one of those guys. Uh, so we we get to talk uh, every week uh, with Ken and and just getting the word together, and uh, we're having a great time now. Actually, discussing uh, why do people tend to go to law, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and so that's kind of a, that's kind of a fun thing to do. But uh, Phil, we're excited to have you join us. So uh, why don't you tell us first of all a little bit about how did you come to know Christ? Well, I I was one of the proverbial children that grew up in a Christian home uh, and was always went to church and enjoyed the Christian life as well taken care of by my parents and my sister and uh, moved along and went to the Navy and got married and always attended church and uh, everything was going along according to the the externals and so forth but it wasn't until I was turned age age 40 we had couple of kids and we'd been married for about 10 years um, that we got into a situation where I got involved in an investment. Uh, Now I'm not a money person and I got into it really for the reasons of uh, everybody else was doing it. So just to to keep my my credibility up at the bridge table, I had to go get some investments. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I got involved with a couple of uh, with a, a guy, it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing, but it didn't turn out well. And there was some condominiums that uh, I put some money into, and of course, with things like that, they needed more money. <laughs> uh, and uh, about the about the second call, my my wife Jane said, "You know, I don't really feel well good about this." And uh, I learned all of the language that I needed later, but I just uh, I just got so angry. And it really ended up as the, the writer she sounded, the matter I got. 
<laughs> so, so at a, good, a given point in time, we really couldn't even talk about that uh, that subject because I was just all up into myself. And as I realized later on, it was my ego, both my pride and my fear uh, that were isolating us from one another. So that was kind of going on for a, a couple of months. And then one morning, um, I wasn't feeling well. She would, Jane was taking the kids off to church. So she went off to church and I was laying in bed and she had given me a book to read. And I don't know why I was reading it, except now I know why I was reading it. But it was a book called uh, The Disciplines of a Godly Woman by Ann Ortland. Ah. And you know why I'm reading this book, I don't know. <laughs> Except someplace along the line, I came across a, a Bible verse. It was Philippians 4, 6 through 8. And it said, have no anxiety about anything, but with prayers and supplication, make your needs known to God. And the peace of God to transcend all understanding will keep your hearts in line in Christ Jesus. And I may have read that before and probably knew it, but the word that bounced off the page right to here was the word anything. Mm. And uh, a little bit, a little bit going back a business, Jane has always been the one that guides us, guides me around things. When we were, when I was having trouble with this investment, she asked me, she, she asked me two questions. She said, have you have you prayed about that? I said no. Good woman. <laughs> I said no. You know, like that. No. And then the second question she said was, "Why not?" And at the time, I didn't know what the answer was, but I really there were three reasons. Uh, first of all, I thought it was kind of tacky to go ask God about these condominiums in Gardena, California. It wasn't our mortgage money. It was some, you know, it was uh, uh, discretionary funds. So it was kind of a, kind of a, you know, he's got AIDS and world hunger and all this stuff to bother, you know. And and this was sort of, you know, like, like, you know, not 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 worthy of a prayer. And then the second one at that time, I had, I really came to realize it didn't have a, a great lot of faith in the process. And I would say prayers and so forth, but I maybe likened it to maybe tying a message on the uh, end of a string of a helium balloon and just letting it go up. And maybe I'd get an answer. <laughs> no. yeah. that, was, that was about it. And then the third one was the uh, telling one is I didn't pray on it because I could do this myself. Yeah, right, right, so, right. That yeah. was all. That was all the run up to this moment when this word anything came on my, mm -hmm. and I said, "This is my anything," and it. And I remember rolling out of bed on my knees and saying, "Lord, I." And I don't know what the words I said. Prayer, I said, "But I can't do this, and I need help." And this is this is. I'm I'm asking for help, whatever it was, and at that moment, and I have, I felt this feeling of warm like warm mm. water pouring yeah. on my spirit uh, and if and if i could have described it it was a piece that transcended yes. oh, yes. that's beautiful so that i mean and, and the run the run after that was jane came home with the kids and she looked at me and said what happened to you it was so something had happened yeah yeah and it was in that moment that i started what I should have been doing, I started to become the priest in my own house. 
Mm. Jane, Jane had been carrying us uh, in many ways uh, that I was all busy doing whatever I was doing and, and uh, in the protect and provide mode. But uh, so what happened with this was just like many men will know, uh, men they say, you know, think, women think in spider webs, they can connect everything. Men are in a knotted rope, this, then this. <laughs> and it sort of ended up saying, you know, if this works, what's else in the Bible? And for the next, and this was the closest, the quickest abiding, Rich, that I can talk about was for the next three months, if I could have eaten the Bible, I would have eaten it. Yeah. I was, I, I was on it. I was in negotiations back in Rochester, labor negotiations. And during the caucuses, I would go run back to my, my room and read the Bible. And mostly, most of it, uh, I, I got really hooked into Proverbs in particular at that yeah. time and started to get language that really equated to what I was seeing and the things that I was doing and about. So yeah. Beautiful. that was kind of the beginning of things. Yeah. And you, uh, uh, you kind of, uh, uh, by the way, you, you said you said you joined the Navy. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. What exactly did you do in the Navy? How long were you in? I was in. I, I came out of Cornell University, where I met Ken and Margie Blanchard. That's another oh, story. Oh, fun! But yeah, we've known each other since we're seventeen. Uh, and and uh, but I I came out and uh, was through NROTC and went to when I was on an aircraft carrier for two years on active duty uh, and then came out. But that was a wonderful uh, leadership experience of just watching, you know, in retrospect, uh, how things work and how things don't work. So yeah. uh, we went, to, we went uh, with the Guantanamo Bay and then out to the, the Far East. And we actually landed the first Marines to end up in Southeast Asia back in uh, in 1963. So, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, you know. what, did, uh, what did you exactly do when you were on the, on the aircraft carrier? I had, I had a gunnery division and a deck division uh, of guys that would make you as proud as you possibly could while they were on board and horrify you when they went on shore. But <laughs> I guess the, the thing that uh, I ended up and I loved it, I was an officer of the deck underway the carrier, so I had uh, command, the titular command of the ship, four hours a day mm. uh, when I was 22, and that wow. was that wow. Was cool. yeah. So you didn't, uh, and and you didn't uh, uh, crash it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can tell you some stories. We've got pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's that's fun. So. Um, uh, so then uh, you talked, uh, uh, how did you, uh, when and how did you meet Margie? Or excuse me, uh, Jane. Uh, Jane, and when I came out of the service, I, I went, put, packed up my resume and looked at whatever it could be. I'm sorry. To, it's okay. Um, and I, I, my first job out of the Navy was in Pittsburgh. I went to U.S. Steel to work in labor relations, which was my, uh, what I studied at Cornell. And I was living with a bunch of guys in uh, an apartment in Shadyside in Pittsburgh. And um, I met, I met, I'll tell you, this is the, Jane will always deny this. I, I was sitting in a chair uh, with my, my uh, face to the door and a friend of mine was taking, was going up through the hallway 
with some girls to play bridge. And he brought them in and introduced them. And, uh, uh, you know, I said, that's it. <laughs> I said, I think I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that, uh, well, eventually that did happen. But she, Jane continues to deny that that happened. But I'll tell you it's the truth. Yeah. So we met, we, we, we met in Pittsburgh. She had come up from uh, Kentucky, where she's from, uh, to teach with a friend. Uh, and they were on their way to Boston, but they never got there. And uh, uh, we married and then uh, moved to Rochester when I started working with Xerox. Great. How, uh, how old were you then when you met? 27. 27. And then you got, uh, how long did you date before you got married? Uh, about 18 months. Okay. You got married. And then, uh, so how many years now you've been married? How many, uh, tell us about your kids, grandkids. Yeah, we got, well, this is, we're coming up on our 54th year. Well, and congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> and we have seven, uh, we have two, two children, uh, and, uh, seven grandchildren. And, oh, we're, fun. and, and we're blessed. They all live locally and we all go to the same church and we, uh, fellowship, uh, constantly together. So staying put for these since we came out to California has been a, a real blessing for us. And, uh, and we're getting to see the next generations. So yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That is such a gift. Yeah. 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 We have, uh, yeah. in our Wednesday calls, we have great stories of Phil's grandkids and, <laughs> uh, and Phil, <laughs> Phil, I know Phil, uh, has great joy. Uh, and just being around them and then uh, hel helping them see uh, the life of God, you know, through through them. So that's kind of fun to, and we could go, we could have lots of times just talking about them. <laughs> that's great. Uh, it would be fun. Uh, and so uh, tell us, uh, uh, since you are uh, cohorts with Ken, uh, what? how did you meet Ken and then how did you get involved in uh, your ministry called Lead Like Jesus? <clears throat> well, uh it was on a, this was a, on a bus going to freshman camp in 1957. This was like an orientation. That, yeah, an orientation camp, and the people in the bus were just going around and saying where they were from. So this kid in front of me, this blonde kid, says he was from Briarcliff, New York. Now I live in Briarcliff, New York, uh, and our and our senior class was 64. So I kn I know that I haven't seen this kid before. So I said, "No, you're not." Or I questioned him about <laughs> it. And uh, and uh, that was Ken. And <laughs> and years and years later, he hadn't even he hadn't moved to to Briarcliff yet. He was, his family was in the process of moving from New Rochelle, New York, where he was the president of the senior class of a 3000 high school. And he was a big, a big deal, but he hadn't even got there. And he says later, I don't even know why I said that, but funny. if he had said New Rochelle, we probably wouldn't have talked. Right, 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 right. That. So we, we've known each other uh, since that day. Uh, we were fraternity brothers. Um, I actually took Margie out once or twice before he did. Uh, I think we he got, may have said something about that on our when we had him on the podcast that he had a friend who had taken her out first. <laughs> well, that was a, yeah, that was another guy. But anyway, <laughs> we have the same best man uh, who is a dear friend of ours and 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 uh, and Ken's. 
so we've known each other all that time. And um, I went to the Navy and went off and he went to be famous. But um, <laughs> you know, oh, so um, as he would, as he would tell it, um, when when I came to, uh, and we've been we've been traveling to their uh, their uh, summer place for fifty years. So Margie and Ken and Jane and I have been close to your friends for all that time. Yeah, it's been a beautiful, beautiful. I've been there too. It's been a, it's a beautiful uh, lake up in uh, upstate upstate New York. Beautiful. Oh, just nice. In, and really they've nice. Ke- it's been in Ken's family uh, in Mar. I guess it's Margie's family, really, right? Margie, yeah. 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 So anyway, the, the story with, with, with Ken and how we got together was, um, I'll fast forward to that time when the Lord became more real to me in the 40s, and it happened to be just around 1980, 81. And Ken at that time was experiencing the One Minute Manager as this phenomenal thing. And as he tells the story, um, uh, I was so excited to tell him about Jesus <laughs> because uh, I was so excited about that night. Uh, I guess I asked him to take a walk on the beach and asked him if he, why he thought this thing was so successful. Anyway, the conversation turned to God, which I was delighted to help uh, move him along on. And uh, there's a couple of more parts of the stories, but I, I was a little bit ahead of him in the faith area. So when he got asked to write a book, with Bill Hybels uh, called uh, Leadership by the Book, Ken wasn't completely uh, comfortable with the Bible, and I was more. And so he asked if I would come along and be a co-author with this. So I instantaneously, in all of these ads, got, uh, you know, when that book came out and it was in, this is written by uh, world-famous authors, Ken Blanchard, Bill Hybels, and Phil Hodges. So I was kind of the other brother. I was the other brother. I was the other brother Daryl in this. Group. Yeah, yeah, Daryl, yeah, Daryl, and my other brother Daryl. Yeah. yeah. So, and uh, I had lots of ex- leadership experiences between then and uh, and when um, I was obviously left uh, Xerox about uh, oh, 17 years later, but when that book came out and then um we went to a we went to a bob buford um halftime program that was the first one he ever did in boston and he was talking about changing you know the moving people from success to significance and ken um uh liked the topic but he kind of cut latched on the idea why do you have to uh leave your own place to be influential in the way you want to be so go clean up your own room so that was his idea and we were and i was with him and we we talked about it and he really wanted at this time i worked for the lantern company i'd taken early retirement i'd worked for a year with them learning their programs and so forth and i was going to be a consultant to churches that was my main yeah. goal that yeah. all didn't work out then but uh long story I'm trying to be short with it. And Ken said, I really want to do something with this leadership and leading like Jesus. And so, so I said, okay, if you want to, then it's not a part-time job. So uh, we floated the idea of an organization to a group of, uh, of influential people who said we had the right thing. And in 1999, we went live with the uh, 
Lead Like Jesus, which is the Center for Faith Walk Leadership. And I was the, I was the, uh, the managing director, co-founder, and the only employee. So uh, that's how we started it. And if, our, if the Lord had left us with what we had thought of success was going to be, we wouldn't be talking about it now. But right. uh, God blessed us with uh, good people to move this idea of Jesus as a leader along yeah. into the international ministry. Yeah, wow. yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and are you, uh, uh, you're still, I know, uh, uh, you do stuff with that. What, what do you do with it or what have you done with it uh, for your role? Well, you know, as co-founder, I stay on the board, and uh, and one of one of the things that I enjoy as a as a role in most places, I get to do the devotions for a lot of meetings. But I'm active in that in that board. Uh, I teach the programs on occasion, interact with the global uh, leadership, and uh, sort of you know work with them when I when I'm called. But yeah, yeah. And I, you know, and and also I teach the, I teach the, the materials to a variety of people and places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they uh, just have a beautiful ministry, and they've uh, given away Kathy. They're part of the covenant. Receive it and give it away. It's fantastic. Um, and then Phil, um, uh, as you look at your own personal walk with God uh, and abiding in the Word and abiding in relationship, you know, maybe describe that a little bit just for you personally. How does that look to you? Uh, and how do you enjoy your relationship with him? And then we can have you maybe share some stories of being led by him on, a, on some decisions that you've had to make. So maybe you could share a little bit about that. Well, I'll t there was a time in, in, a, in when I was doing a program in Cincinnati at an African-American church where the woman pastor got up and she started her, her remarks by saying, Lord, thank you for this day that'll never come again. And that was one phrase that went right in here. And I've gotten to the idea that, you know, and opening almost every prayer with thank you for this day that'll never come again. It's been coming to us from eternity. It'll pass into eternity tomorrow. So in this day, yeah. we have choices, opportunities, and so forth. And the whole idea of starting the day uh, with Christ as the center uh, and hopefully uh, continuing to do that in the mundane parts has been a part of the uh, the energy walk that I, I would say that uh, has been most meaningful to me and hopefully the people I talk to. So yeah. Uh, so and uh, the discipline we when we studied lead like Jesus and looked at Jesus's habits uh, and and diagnosed those into solitude and to prayer and to do, being in the word and to a godly fellowship. Those are all the ingredients that uh, have been an important part of, of uh, my walk. Uh, one great, uh, great asset to that has been the man with the headphones right here. He's been leading, <laughs> he's been leading our weekly fellowship for 20 years uh, and is, our, is our, good, our good shepherd teacher. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, and, and, and it's just it's just a delight to continue to feed on the word yeah. uh, and uh, stay in it and uh, call on it. Yeah. 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 So we do. We uh, just let's see what the word has to say. So that's uh, yeah. it's a fun, fun thing to do. Uh, and so you connected, Phil, with Rich through Ken. That's is that how that transpired? Ken gathered a group that then meets with you guys. Is that how yeah. that 
Well, so long. I think I think you were first uh, friends with uh, Tim. Um, Sotos. Sotos, yeah. Yeah. It's the Lead Like Jesus network of things. Uh, we've known Rich for quite a long time, but this group I got, I, I asked in after Ken told me about it. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it started excellent. started started with Ken uh, individually, and then he uh, brought other people in, and we've been with it for a long, long time. It's been fun. Uh, That's beautiful. Been a, a joy. We deal with law kinds of stuff, and it's really fun to do. Uh, uh, interesting enough, this last one about law was Phil's thought about, well, how can people drift to law? <laughs> and so, oh, well, let's go find out. Let's go find. Yeah, we're, we're in the word right now, so it's really quite fun. Uh, and then, Phil, uh, as you've, uh, I know you've, you've shared with us lots and lots of stories of, of decisions that you were led to about God speaking and showing you the truth about something. Do you have any uh, examples you can give us of a specific thing that, that you had to process through to receive God's will for you? <clears throat> well, yeah, I had uh, one, there was one that was a particular uh particularly poignant in my own mind, there have been some issues in our church. And I had been the chairman of our church uh, for six years and been around as an elder and so forth. But there was being a, there was a change uh, happening with a new pastor and some new leadership that uh, I felt um, very unsettled with. Uh, and people have asked, had asked me, but what, what was I going to do or what was how I was going to respond. And I did know that I finally said that my job, what came to me was how to be a good steward of my influence. And what did that look like? And I really, and this is, again, I have to go back to Rich as some of the exercises about settling in and abiding in and listening to the Holy, waiting for the Holy Spirit to just give you that word and the word came to me in this place is your influence is with the elders not with the congregation not with everything and there was a new a new chairman and so forth and i waited to know how to do that well one morning uh at this point during covid uh, we were we were watching there's an 11 o'clock uh, nine o'clock live stream of the of the uh of the uh, service and I'm sitting with Jane in it. And I just get this feeling from God, you know, from the Holy Spirit, you need to go there. So I wrote a, I wrote a brief letter and I'm not a man of brief words, but it was, <laughs> about, it was about a two power. It was about a two sentence letter to the, to the elders asking them to reconsider something. And I typed it up, got it and went down to the service and uh, happened to, sit in a particular place where the new pastor was uh, was being, you know, was going in. He was doing a good job on what he was doing, but there was something, something that, uh, that just didn't hit me right. And I have never done this before or ever would do it again. But it, it just told me to stand up. <laughs> and I'm, uh, you know, I know, stand up. And, well, the guy's preaching, but I, I, my knees were shaking, everything. Mm. but I stood up and I just stood there. I didn't look at anybody. I didn't say anything because it was just stand there. And I stood for the rest of his sermon. And then uh, the next thing that happened was 
uh, I saw the new chairman of the church. who was about four rows ahead of me. And he's a friend of mine, but we kind of broke fellowship a little bit. And I was able to go up to him. And they were having a meeting that afternoon uh, to decide on this thing. And so I went to him and I gave him this letter. I said, I, I just have been called to give you this letter. I have, uh, this is all it is. And I went and I, that, and I went home and I had this wonderful sense of peace that that was what I was supposed to do and nothing more. Now the, 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 the vote didn't go the way that I would have hoped, but that was a great sense of, of spirit of this is what I want you to do. And it was not anything that I was expecting to do or, mm -hmm. or really like to do. But I said, yeah, okay, that's good. And I went home and I felt, I felt the peace. So that. Yeah. I that love what you're describing there. As we step in, when we're abiding on something and seeking his wisdom and he gives us specific instruction, then we are then set free truly to, we, we step in obedience to what he says to do. And then we are free from the results. It is his job to produce the fruit. And we simply are doing what he calls us to do. And, and I love that he just blanketed you with peace after that to know this was your part, you know? Yep. Yep. And, and, and the thing is after, and it's been several, several months since then, and things have been going great at the church and so forth. And I've been able to reestablish fellowship with these guys, uh, which I, which probably could have been broken or strained I uh, had, I not just did what I was told. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's great. Uh, so your, uh, God said your influence is continuing. Uh, and, and that we, we actually talk about this, Kathy, that, uh, God's timing isn't our timing and that, uh, maybe the end of this, we're, we're not there at the end of the story yet. So, you know, at the moment, I remember Phil sharing with us is that, well, this is what happened. This is what I did. Uh, the vote didn't, didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but he knew, well, that's not the end of the story. Right. Uh, and he continues to have influence there. And, uh, and isn't, uh, isn't your, your, uh, one of your grand, is a grandson or <laughs> yeah. Well, this is kind of funny, really. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Several weeks later, after this happened, my grandson, my oldest grandson came to our house and he wanted to talk to Jane and I he said, Papa Phil, I have to tell you something. I'm dating Grace Burgoyne. This is the pastor's oldest daughter. Oh my. <laughs> I just said, oh, look, you know, thank you, thank you. Had I done anything else, had I made anything else, uh, the implications would have been, been quite different. So, yes, yeah. yeah. That was great. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the story uh, continues. And, um, uh, and I know, um, uh, again, you, you don't have to go into great detail, but um, you were called, I remember you were called by God to uh, uh, help your son's group uh, start the process through a few things. And uh, again, being a teacher, you could have said, okay, I'm going to go teach them something. Uh, but you really followed the Holy Spirit. Uh, talk just briefly about uh, that dynamic of, of how you were led to assist them and stuff that they were going through. <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, that, that was one that uh, came on me. Uh, my son's uh, got a group of friends that 
from college and uh, he meets with them and um, they they actually invited me to come in and do my you know they didn't want to be taught they wanted to be sort of mentored yeah and uh, so we've we've you know provided some conversation for them and let them go away and do things they're they're as a bunch of guys in their 50s uh, they're still in go-go so uh, we don't meet as often as uh, we would we had hoped but uh, on occasion they'll call and uh, and we'll uh, continue to ask them to uh, you know where their walk is and talk amongst themselves a little bit so yeah that was, that was that's been good and I oh and my the the ones that I I mean I've been blessed with a little opportunities I've, I've spoken to my grandson's uh, Boy Scout troop about four times about uh, leading like Jesus and uh, just enjoying that as a as a place to uh, get in early with kids that are already trying well, to walk, walk yeah yeah so yeah it's been beautiful well, Phil, we really uh, appreciate your uh, sharing. Uh, we could go, uh, uh, we have uh, lots and lots of stories, <laughs> Kathy, that uh, Phil could share. Um, and uh, you can see the joy he has and list, listening, following the spirit. And, uh, you know, he and Jane with, uh, and the grandkids particularly. And it's, it's really beautiful, Phil, that you have the privilege of your family being together uh, and you be, you be in the patriarch and God, you know, what keeps, a blessing. Yes. Keeps having you give it away to them primarily. And then of course, in a, in a broader way and, uh, the joy that we have with you. So thank you so much for, uh, sharing today. And, uh, uh, we just are excited. We'll have, we'll, uh, try to have you back and pick up uh, some more of the stories that uh, we'd I'd love to have the audience hear about that. I get the privilege of hearing. And, uh, it's a real joy to, to do a life with you together. So thank you so yeah. much. Absolutely. Well, I, I have to I have to give credit to Jesus Christ and my wife. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she has always asked me the right question at the right time. Yeah, and in in the right way for me to have to go. Hmm, yeah, and then go to prayer. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, thank yeah. you for sharing so authentically today. It is encouraging to me to hear, and I'm sure it's encouraging to so many of our listeners. So I appreciate that. Yep. Well, and uh, Kathy, you. we'll see you tomorrow. Phil, we'll see you soon, and uh, talk to you next week. That's great. Have a great day, everyone. Okay. All right. See you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.